0: Just like chill for like two minutes. Low key, fuck 2020. Still ain't got no money. Still ain't got no money. Got on my wrist. I just got some shit I gotta fix. Shit I gotta fix. Low key, fuck 2020. I don't know about everybody else, but I think that I am kind of done. Can we just get to 2021, please? Low key, fuck 2020
1: saying to my father this was before uh this like i realized that actually my my visa sponsorship decision is delayed um i just thought oh they're just really busy at the moment i wasn't aware that there's pending documents i thought that if there were i would have probably got an email but anyway so i i was thinking to myself that um with it being raining the whole time and with it being kind of bookings being down and sort of like I'm not really enjoying life as much as I was before the pandemic, let's put it that way. Yeah. I was thinking, guy, you know what? Like, because of that letter from uh, the landlord saying I've got to pay my rent, and it's like, It's like I've been describing it to people as it's like Takeshi's castle. You just got to the top and gone, I've made it. And then another (laughs) fucking thing comes to knock you back down into the water. And it's like, oh, bollocks, (laughs) back here again. What's the bloody point? (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe it. It's it's like, (laughs) for all I'm trying to do and all the positivity and all the effort. You just keep getting, like, kicked back down. Little man, get back down on your bloody ass, because we want some more money. Know your place. (laughs) Know your place. You're not going to get up here because we're going to grab your fucking money and we're going to push you back down where you bloody belong. And, uh, And I was like, I've never really liked playing that game. I'm like, all right, then, you can keep pushing me down. But in the end, I'm going to go, I'm not going to bother climbing up. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to do something else.
0: <laughs> no, and, and
2: it is this this kind of, like, almost bureaucracy or or... or... And it is. It, 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 it's a strange thing, especially when you get to our age, where you feel like I, I've seen, I've, I've been through this cycle a number of times. Yeah,
1: it's banging your head against the brick wall. But
2: and it's also, a, it's also a sign. That, I said,
1: Stop banging your head against the brick wall because it's bloody painful. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I've got so much brick dust on my head from yeah. over the years. You know,
1: yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm saying. You know what? I'm actually good with this. If, they, if there's no visa sponsorship and I'm ended up like I've got to do something else, whether that's bugger off to Mongolia, bugger off to Cambodia, bugger off to the UK, I'm okay with that because actually, you know, although things look like they're picking up. And I'll start doing some online lessons and and stuff. So yeah. I'll be I'll be fine. But like, if I stay in Japan, I'll be fine. If I don't stay in Japan, it means that another adventure starts, and I always like that, and I'm always excited by the fact that I like change. I like doing something unexpected.
2: I, I, I totally get you on that. It's, it's like I, I realize that. Like, if I look back on my life, I like to kind of shift things up every seven years, roughly.
1: Yeah.
2: And and I'm getting to that point in my life. <laughs> I mean, when they say the seven year itch, I always thought it applied just to kind of relationships, but I realize it applies to uh, uh, adventures and and life. And and you know, I was starting to feel like I I think it was like, like, like my son's now getting to the age where he's about to go to college. Mm. And, like, the kids are getting – you know, and I realise, like, God, in a few years they're all grown up, you know. Yeah. And then I look around and I'm like, do I want to live up here in the mountains? Kind of – it's great with the kids and da-da-da, but do I want to live here, like, long-term? And one of, my, one of my deepest fears is suddenly, like, getting dementia or something and waking up not knowing why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's not going to be bad, John. Don't worry about oh, no. that. That'll be lovely. Well, no, because I, 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 I won't know. I'm Looking forward to that if it happens.
2: <laughs> but um, and and because I I was travelling around and we were we were in Oslo and a couple of cities and stuff and I was like God, I, I do miss cities. Mm. I didn't ever think I would miss cities, but I do miss the kind of hubbub and stuff. And I was sort of like saying, well, I could see like in in my fifties gravitating towards kind of oslo or something so that i can just bumble around in bookshops and kind of have a coffee when i want this is all of of course assuming that this pandemic doesn't go on forever otherwise i'm probably pretty good here you know
1: i I think i think here's the thing i'm not scared of becoming a tramp
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm 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 never bothered about anything because i feel like like i've 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 persevered through the through most things in life, you know, uh, you know, I've gone through that period of living off baked beans on toast and all sorts of stuff. So nothing re- it doesn't really scare me.
1: There's a certain amount there's a certain amount of it's all right to say that when you're like living in a large house with a beautiful view of the mountains <laughs> and you're you're not like teetering on the brink of bankruptcy or Something like that. Circumstances change. But, like, um, what whats it, what it, it, what it, right? it is what it is, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. My father's reaction was typical. My father's reaction is exactly what, like, I would expect. Oh, don't be an idiot. Don't be stupid. You know, stay in Japan. You're much better off in Japan. And I'm like, <laughs> am I? I guess I am. Probably. He's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is right. Um, I can't argue with that. However, don't live in fear. Of, but that, but that's the key, isn't it? The that's the key. Don't,
2: and and this kind of loops back to to the the, the the points that you were making towards the end of the last podcast. Of you know, you can't live your life in fear. You just got to jump.
0: You know. Yeah. yeah.
2: You don't um, know whether the canopy is going to work or
1: well, not. Right. See. That's it exactly so i'm I, I was thinking I came to Japan and um, I arrived with a fairly reasonable conversational level of Japanese where I could go into a bar and sort of make general chit chat introduce myself, talk about hobbies um, you know think about where I'm going what I want to do what I want to see etc etc I could have a pretty reasonable conversation um then i kept progressing but um i'm teaching english uh most of the time so i never really immerse in the language so i'm never going to get to a sort of near native level of fluency when i'm speaking english um yeah i I get that yeah and with, with with japanese um Basically, I was saving up money so that at some point in the future, I would have enough money to live for maybe two years without working. Okay. Yeah. And once I've got that amount of money in the bank, I would, like, quit my job. Given that I've got a longer visa than I usually get, um, I would sort of... Like, give myself two years, spend two years in Japan without working, completely immersed in Japanese, and out of that, I would end up with this, like, near-native level of fluency because mm. that's what it kind of takes. It takes yeah. um, uh, basically that level of immersion to actually gain the goal that I would like to achieve, okay? Yeah, yeah. Other people who've achieved this goal, I've noticed a bit of a pattern. Okay. Now, these people basically they are younger, but that's not what gets them the fluency. It's nothing to do with the age. Okay. Yeah. I I'm honestly do believe that, yeah, maybe you have a certain amount of neural plasticity when you're younger that you don't have when you're older. But it's only going to affect... It's a, it's a variable that's going to affect things slightly. It's not yeah, the big yeah, yeah. game-changer youth. No. Um, the thing that, basically, the youth have on their side is time. That Yeah. That, generally, people who have, like... Maybe they've done, like... One of the guys who's quite famous for being really, 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 really shit-hot with near-native level of fluency in Japanese. Um, he basically, I see him like this. He's taken a Japanese course at college, Yeah, been way ahead of the class and frustrated that he can't progress faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's almost yeah. like he's had a little hissy fit and gone, right, well, fuck you. <laughs> I quit the course. I'm staying home and I'm just going to immerse myself in Japanese. And this is what he did for about two or three years. Yeah. yeah. Um, then he became bloody good at Japanese, but he also became a complete dick. By saying, this is the only fucking way. Everyone else is fucking doing it wrong. Everyone else is like playing at this. This is the only way to do it. And I know because I'm bloody good. I can relate to that. (laughs) I totally can. Yeah. However, um, now he's become a bit more mature and he's actually seeing things of, yeah, I was a bit of a dick, wasn't I? (laughs) And he's actually now doing the rounds talking to various polyglots and this is how come I'm like looking at him through a fresh lens and go, yeah, good to see this guy is actually like realising that actually there's more than just this one way. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, the fact still remains that if I want to achieve what I want to achieve, somehow I've got to spend a year or two, because I think with the amount that I've actually learned. Um, myself independently, just plugging away as and when. Um, and my ability to read and and things like this, read kanji and um, whatever, has probably pushed me forward by six months to a year on this really intensive approach to learning Japanese. Okay, so maybe I only need a year. Maybe I need two years. I would probably say, like, give it two years. Um, but I would need to be doing something where I'm not speaking English and that's not going to happen while I'm teaching English, right? Right,
0: yeah.
1: Okay, so then it occurred to me, well, if I end up getting, you know, no visa, get bugger off back to England and I get myself a job in a laundrette or a laundry service or I get myself a job at night stacking shelves in the supermarket some kind of job where I don't need to speak to anybody would be fucking heavenly because I could (laughs) just plug my bloody mp3 player in and stack the fucking shelves for my minimum wage Yeah, live in a shitty little bedsit for two years because that's the kind of thing that's the kind of penance it takes and the dedication it takes to achieve my goal and i'm the kind of bastard i'm the kind of bastard sorry (laughs) bastard i'm the kind of bastard that says fuck it then back to the uk i'm gonna live in my fucking little tiny little shithole and I'm going to do my shitty little job and all these fuckers are going to go what's he done? He used to be a fucking well paid interaction designer and he then went down to being an English teacher and then now look at him oh he's been on the decline oh look at him and I remember the day that I returned to the UK and there I was sweeping leaves in the park and having these shitty, snobby fucking stockbrokers and city people looking down their noses at me thinking, poor little fellow, hasn't done very well in life. And inside me I'm going, look, I've travelled around the fucking world and I've been jumping out of planes and what the fuck do you know because you just go to your fucking drone office and you have no fucking idea what life's about. I've lived. You just exist. You come. But that, but that, that, that. But that's that's.
2: <clears throat> I suppose that's that's the. This notion of people looking at status and saying this is what this. Is. I mean, I can remember somebody saying to me, "Oh, you know, uh, are you happy being a teacher when you've worked in media and you've done this and you've done that
1: and da da da." And I'm like, why do you think this is less? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's this assumption that it is less for sure,
2: um, and 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 you know my 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 dear brother uh, is a binman, yeah. and and people have sort of like try and do that kind of thing. They're like, oh well, you know, yeah. you work in a university, and he's a binman, and it's like he's fucking he's a damn sight happier than I am.
0: Yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, in, in, in in his
2: day to day work, and 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 so that I really hate people who who have to do that kind of. Mm. Do you know what it is? Happy,
1: you're happy, right? It's Carl from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> no, 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 for sure, for sure. I, I think when the kids look at him and, like, you know, even John Bender is saying, So, how do I become a janitor, Carl? <laughs> and it's like looking at, well, okay, you're like pretty much the lowest form of life, according to the teacher. But even I have this pride that I haven't sunk as low as becoming a janitor. And uh, I I think, yeah, okay, let people do that. Because here's the thing. I was thinking, what a brilliant story this makes. As far as, yeah, like, Kevin returns to the UK. He spends two years... Yeah, maybe dossing on the street at some point. Like, it's not out of the question. Um, Because without a job and without much money, I could well end up on the fucking street. And I'm on the fucking street. I somehow find myself a job, maybe in a laundry service. I've done that before. Um, Or I find myself a job just earning a few pennies and I have to, like, work really fucking hard, and I can't even afford my like a mobile phone or something like this. Yeah, and like, basically, but I still have an MP3 player, I still have my iPad, I still have a fucking shitty pair of headphones that have broken on one. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, basically, somehow, some way, I managed to say, fuck it, I've got food in my belly and I've got Japanese coming into me all day, every day, and I'm getting bloody good at it. And after two or three years, I end up doing a fucking TED Talk with, yes, do you know how I learnt Japanese? It wasn't by going to Japan. That doesn't help. (laughs) It's by. (laughs) going back to England <laughs> and I remember thinking this before I even came to Japan, everyone's got, oh your Japanese will get so much better living in the country, it's a fucking fallacy, your Japanese won't get that good you don't learn it by osmosis you'd learn it by actually spending time in the language and if I'm not yeah. spending time in the language, what the fucking hell am I doing <laughs> if, if, if...
2: Yeah, you're not going to get good at swimming if you don't go in the pool, right? Right. It's a bloody paradox.
1: It's a paradox. Now, I look at the guy that became really bloody fluent, yeah? He never, I mean, he spent six months in Japan and had a really bad time because, like, um, but uh, that's a long story. He would have a great time now, I'm sure, but, like, basically, what I've learned is not, so much I mean yes I've learned a lot of Japanese but I've learned more about the culture and I've learned more about what it feels like to live in Japan okay mm. and you can't get that experience by not living in Japan and I've no. and I've had a brilliant time and I'll probably mm. continue I mean it's Probably my gut feeling is probably more like 90% certain that I'll get my visa sponsorship and everything's fine. But there's still that 10% chance of like, oh, well, it's not, maybe it doesn't happen. And if it doesn't happen, this is quite yeah. a bloody exciting adventure that's quite okay. risky and it's quite dangerous. And my father, is like, no, no, don't be stupid. You no, stay in Japan. No. Because my father likes safety. My father's like Maslow. He likes systems. He likes yeah. systems. Yeah, 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 yeah. He likes, look. Programmable and, systems that work, right? And he's very protective because he loves yeah, yeah. So please don't put yourself in this dangerous position. At least at the moment, you'll be okay. When you're not okay, it's the same as jumping out of the bloody aeroplane. It's mm-hmm. the very fact that I could possibly die that makes it exciting. And if if all I'm going to do is sit inside the plane, I might as well wrap myself up in cotton wool, never go out because I could die. And that's yeah. not living, that's existing. And just sort of... Uh, oh. Existence. And who wants to just exist? Well, strangely you should ask that question because I've been reading a little bit of uh, psychology. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: before we get on to that, before we get onto that,
2: I have two questions. Right. One I think I think well or observations, maybe questions and observations.
0: Right.
2: Whole, but but put a pin in, in the going into the philosophical thing about existence. Yeah. <laughs> just a second. <laughs> so so one, what you just described about going back to England, doing the job, and da-da-da, that's a great origin story for Dandy Punk. Yeah, could be, couldn't that's it? How, that's how Dandy Punk becomes Dandy Punk, right? So, yeah. so remember that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Not, not a bad <laughs> he sits,
2: idea. He sits there learning Japanese philosophy and, and, and learning the language, but all the time this – And and the politeness of Japanese society is in his head whilst being surrounded by utter impoliteness and wankers. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And he cannot get out of this sort of like keigo mentality. So keigo is the Japanese polite form of language. Right, yes, yes. And to be near native level, Dandy Punk has had to actually learn keigo, which almost nobody learns, except for this guy who's reached near native Level. No, so there the, is like the, an the, if dandy I cross was between walking. myself and this guy. Yeah, there is something of it, this fusion of both sides of this adventure that feed into the the, the, the uh, fictitious character of dandy punk. Yeah, yeah. Now, no, no.
2: I, I, I really like that
1: kind of consuming
2: one culture, which is affecting like your brain. Yeah, whilst being around. Like this anti-politeness no, I, anti kind of
1: no, um, I, I I've I've been sort of like looking at various strands of where this story of dandy punk could go, and I think in the last episode I sort of explained that it's kind of semi-autobiographical, mm-hmm. um, as all as all good stories are. Yeah. There's, there's a certain amount of uh, like this idea of look, you should always write about what you know. Um, and yeah. kind of like, I can totally relate to this character. And I was mm. like pondering the other day about um, Dandy Punk, uh, where does the story end up? Um, kind of like, I've, I've figured out a lot of the character's profile, okay. Yeah. I haven't fully formed the narrative of where he ends up, but there's something I quite like about this idea that um, he very politely requests that people wear a mask during the pandemic. Or he very politely says, could you refrain from shouting into your mobile phone even though you're outside and you're not wearing a mask? I'm I'm kind of like myself. I'm kind of okay with people not wearing masks outside. Yeah. But I do get a little bit like, whoa, 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 just a moment have a bit of thought about other people when you're actually talking really loudly. Yeah? Um, You know, were you not aware? So Dandy Punk would say, "Um, excuse me, my good man, Um, were you not aware that actually your actions are potentially putting somebody into jeopardy here and I I would uh, politely request that you refrain from such action. And uh, however, if you continue to resist. I shall pull out a gun and I will give you three seconds to comply with my polite request or I shoot you in the fucking head. Sort of jewels in Pulp Fiction. I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Allow me to retort. Bang. Now, Dandy Punk gets arrested after two or three execution style murders for not complying with his polite request to do something as simple as, could you put your mask back on, on a train? And a bit like Joker, bang! And the audience is going, that's not right, but I kind of see where he's coming from. No, no, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? The media pick up the story of Dandy Punk and follow his trial, and because of um like the media saying is it right because this person could potentially kill you by their actions yeah mm. and it's 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 kind of like an allegory of of um you know like in a way the opposite of trump the the opposite of this crass rude person yeah yeah um, whereas this person's really polite, and this idea of flipping the the brash, crass person of Trump with a polite person, but still doing the wrong thing, and but society's attitude towards the person who's polite or more mainstream in our sort of collective yeah, thinking I- is doing the right thing to save humanity by killing the people who put society into jeopardy so eventually he gets a presidential pardon yeah (laughs) and runs for president gets voted president (laughs) (laughs) I could murder someone on 5th Avenue don't you remember (laughs) Yes, of course, and, and, and
2: there's something about um, – there's something in that also about like this this notion of cancel culture as well. Yeah. Because I, I, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I'm, I'm really constantly conf- – I'm really confused <clears throat> about how I feel about – because I think there, 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 are, there are a number of situations that need to be called out. Yeah. And I think there are a number of things that people say that's not on. You know, in the same way, Dandy Park is like, this is not on. Yes. (laughs) And, but occasionally, you get these scenarios where you start to question is the person doing it for the currency of being? the protagonist of calling something out and, and and the reason so so i i'm a member of a a photographer group uh online and yeah i'm, I'm not a photographer but i'm i'm interested in 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 how professional photographers are are uh, uh, dealing with the world and, and
1: and so forth sorry john let me interrupt a... you are a photographer because everybody's a photographer oh, that's
0: true no? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs>
2: These guys are professional photographers, is, okay. is more my point. And and, and there, was, there was a situation, I think, last week where there's a guy called Martin Parr, a uh, very renowned uh, uh, photographer who, who, who has a foundation, has supported various people. Uh, anyway, he wrote a foreword to a reprint of a, a, a photo book from the 60s, and within this photo book was a picture of a black woman and a, a gorilla in a zoo juxtaposed mm. next to each other, which, right. you know, is obviously has, has, has usually the photographer that this was a reprint of is dead. Yeah. And so there was this big f- sort of furore on Twitter and, and so forth to cancel him right. from speaking and doing stuff and da da, da. Now, now, on one level, you could say writing a foreword for a book that has that—you know—that's that's, not—that's not smart, right? Is it it's not reviewing. It. Mm. But on the same token, I can also see it as like, I have you done it. Is it complicit? Uh, without, you know? Are you complicit in the act? Yeah. And 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 the other thing is it, it is if a piece of art that was made in the 60s, and, and, and the problem is, is I, I don't know enough about what the context of that is, That con- the context of that art could be saying something completely
1: fucking different to what is being interpreted. Well, with black and white and, photography, there's, there's often this, no, the textures no, it, and things like this that you could yeah. fairly argue. No, it's not about, it's not trying to make some statement or juxtaposition or Something like this. It has to do with the texture. Um in the, right all of the,
2: I, I and, and as I say, I don't know enough about the original artist and da. da, da. what I saw though was this huge kind of Twitter storm and and, and then and the guy uh, the photographer, the Martin Parr who who wrote the 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 foreword came out and apologized and said, you know, I've been really stupid and I, I you know, there's no no holding back, but it just didn't stop. There. and I just kind of feel like this, this is a guy who, who, who ran a foundation that was very beneficial to people and, da, 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 da. and I can't help but feel that, that there was an element of this campaign that was all about I need to find a target to cancel yeah. and it seems really quite spurious to me now yeah. I'm saying that obviously as somebody who, who doesn't feel the pain of, of 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 that photography, but it just it just feels slightly manufactured outrage.
1: I think there is also, and, and that,
2: I have a real problem with that. And and and, and it's what you were kind of like saying about there comes a point with dandy punk, where is actually, why is he the arbitrator of what's right or wrong?
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah. And the way that society elevates this pitchfork mentality oh, right. once they kind of get into oh yeah i mean i was watching a on a separate token i was watching a documentary about uh uh russell simmons the rap mogul mm. who, who was considered the godfather of hip-hop and lots of people spoke out about him but nobody wants to kind of cancel him or do it because because of his legacy yeah but the stories that came out from women that worked with him were terrible. And it, it, it's yeah. it's really interesting to me that the, 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 the dialogue that doesn't happen around this stuff mm. and the recontextualizing of things without having a proper discussion or debate about it. And yeah. and what you're saying is I think what's most interesting about Danny Punk is, again, he becomes judge and juror. Of politeness or not, and as you say, yeah. the, the the things that, that that irritate us about society and stuff, he does it.
1: Yeah, and the the, the, the right. society is saying secretly, I can't say it out loud, but I'm bloody glad he did that. <laughs> um, and it's kind of picking up on the consciousness of society. Now, yeah, that, yeah. Was, as did Joker, I think. Yeah, yeah There's was also. Um, I don't know who the screenwriter was for Midnight Express. Um, I know it's Alan Parker directed it, and uh, I think Oliver Stone was involved with, with the project. But um, I'm funny feeling that that, that that Oliver Stone wrote it. Actually, I've yeah, it was just going through my head. Was it Oliver Stone that wrote it? Because yes. some yes, it of was. the most yeah. beautiful lines about society that I've ever encountered in my life or that meant something to me um, occurred in that movie. Now, uh, William Hayes, um, uh, his speech in court, yeah. he, he makes this statement about, um, look, I spent four and a half years of my life in your prison because this is what your society says is right and wrong but he makes this point about it it's not about uh you know his statement is about the law and that the law is really what society deems to be right and wrong at a particular time in in history that what society thinks is right or wrong about drugs today Will be different tomorrow. And if if uh, tomorrow you legalize drugs, then all these people have been sat in, sat in jail mm. just because that's what society used to think was bad. And you can't put everybody in jail if everybody's smoking weed. Um, yeah. he, he's, yeah. I, I, I. Not got that completely right, but it's no, 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 the idea of society is really the judge, and society makes law by what society as a collective consciousness decides is the right way to be living and the wrong way to be living, and that everything else is kind of like secondary to this idea that it's society that creates the law. Um, and well, go, go back, or
2: going or going right back London to country, going back to Peterson and Harari, laws are just narratives. Yeah, yeah, they're that we tell us, that, 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 that they are fictions that we tell ourselves to keep people in—in—in in, yeah. in, uh, control or, or yeah. playing. And and the, the majority—I mean, you know, both you and I worked around law enough yeah. to know that, that a large percentage of law is a load of bollocks. yeah <laughs> That's right. That's right. It, that's and it doesn't
1: work. even work on the moral level that it purports to work on. Yeah. It's, it's uh, hypocrisy, isn't it? Um, yeah. My, so, so, of course, like receiving my father's reaction of stay in Japan. Don't be, we're worried yeah. about unemployment in the UK and this, that, and the other. And for about 24 hours, I thought, yep, yeah, he's right. Yes, he is right. Yeah. Kevin, he's right. And he's a very wise man, and he's only wanting the best for me. So I'll have a think about this. So I'm saying, to, mm. so so I've kind of said, look, I do actually. With I would like to stay in Japan. I think I like it here. I'm going to last this thing out, okay. However, <laughs> <laughs> I'm my own. One man. more thing.
0: One yes, more yeah, thing. Yeah
1: yeah you know how I've said that you know, basically um I'm my own man, I make my decisions, yeah they're my decisions to make now, whether you agree with them or disagree with them is by and by, yeah, because basically whatever I do, yeah is the right thing for me and, that, and mm. <laughs> um because I'm not. Uh, you know, I understand that uh, someone who's a father is always going to want best for their son and say, look, yeah. I think this. And we perhaps will never agree on things. But uh, um, if it turns out that this is what I do, yeah, I don't want a bloody argument about it. It's what I'm going to do then, isn't it? Um like and uh I don't even need your support <laughs> but I don't want you adding to the uh oh you shouldn't have done that. Oh you shouldn't have done that because that's not helping me. You know?
2: No and we don't we don't know the the we don't know the ramifications or the echoes of each choice that we
1: could have made right that's exactly it i i could stay in japan the company i work for could like go bankrupt yeah and my my sort of plan b there is if that happens well the japanese school system is very short of foreigners now because of This thing, so yeah, yeah, of course, really easy to pick up work um, with the Japanese school system. Um, So there's always that option, but I don't have a lot of time. Yeah, basically after after the sort of decision date, I basically have a, a month. Yeah, and that might be that might be rather hectic to move. Yeah, to do this, and it might be rather stressful. And I'm I'm thinking, after all this stress, is it worth it when I when part of me saying what I really need to be doing is spending a year or two of not speaking English?
2: <laughs> okay, which comes back to my second point of my my, okay. my my questions. Why is it so important to speak Japanese to a native
0: level?
1: Well, yeah. Is it is it important? It Is it important? important? It isn't important to other people. It isn't important. If it's important to you, people. then it's important to you. Yeah, that's right. It's important to me because I don't think. I mean, some people maybe, maybe some people pick up a foreign language and they decide at some point in their life, I'm going I'm to learn a foreign language. Um, why did I start learning Japanese? Uh, I'll tell people I started by accident. I was was sitting in the uh, multimedia unit of the University of Law one day and I was doing some research on Vocaloid software for voice synthesis and um, I decided that there was potential with this technology for Vocaloid software that was able to change pitch and and kind of uh, change various attributes of the envelope of sound and the way that things were pronounced that might actually be beneficial to a voice synthesis API that I was interested in for actually making synthesized speech for legal education that didn't sound like a bloody... Uh, Stephen Hawking voice synthesis. <laughs>
2: there was a lot of that going
1: on yeah, yeah, yeah so I was researching this technology and it required that I learn hiragana and katakanas to be able to type the phonetic sounds of the language and as I got into yeah. it I started really really loving the sound of the Japanese language and I was into this like little Japanese pop band and started communicating with them on Twitter and Everything ever yep. kind of came together in this kind of like, oh, this has really lifted my spirits, and I really enjoyed this. I really loved this. And, and so the seeds were sown for an adventure of, let's see where this rabbit hole takes me. And down I dived. And I ended up thinking, okay, I'm really enjoying this, and I, I think I'll move to Japan. <laughs> One thing leads to another, and basically... Um, I, uh, the more I learned the more I wanted to learn and, and so it's become kind of like uh, I see other people like maybe people who are married um, to a Japanese partner their Japanese gets really really good as far as being able to speak the language very naturally because yeah. they're using the language Outside of work all the time. In fact, one of the one of my friends in Japan has a job in a had a had a job in a Japanese hotel and he wasn't teaching English, and that's where he says his Japanese got really good because he's not using English. And I'm like, Yeah,
0: yeah. You're married
1: to a Japanese person, you're working in a Japanese hotel, you're spending all your time in Japanese, and your Japanese sounds not like my Japanese, which is still um, I maybe my vocabulary is about as large as this other guy, but it's not coming out as smoothly and naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm still having to, like, Stephen crushin talks about the way in which we monitor what we're saying and that, that the problem with teaching grammar is the fact that, like, we're constantly treating it like a computer code of, like, rearranging the structure of the sentence. And by the time we've done yeah. yeah, yeah. It, and we're kind of like thinking about, did I say that correctly or didn't I? And only by spending time in the language, it will feel right or it will feel wrong. The same when I practice writing kanji, it feels right or it feels wrong. You can't yeah. do it artificially by cognition. It's got to just flow.
2: No, And, 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 and it makes perfect sense when you, le- when you learn about child psychology and yeah. language acquisition. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I went through a lot of that with with, with my son who had who had problems with language mm. acquisition, so I, I had to sort of go to speech therapy and so forth. And going through that from a neuropsychological aspect of un, start having to start understanding how natural language acquisition works, mm. it made me realize kind of like this this idea of going into a classroom and or learning programmatically and grammatically. And I realized that's why it never worked for me at school. I I didn't under, I I was a very good natural language learner in English as a kid. I learned to speak very early. I learned to read very early, but I couldn't understand why I couldn't pick up any other language because it was, and I realized it's the way I was being taught it.
1: (laughs) I think um, that's true. The whole education system, um, and that's something well, yeah, kind, of yeah. kind of like I, I remember talking to you years ago about. I want to change the whole world that, of how language is taught mm-hmm. in schools, and maybe you know, maybe there's still that that dream is still there. It's still on the shelf, though. Um, I, I've got so many other things to do with teaching English um, that I've been working on as well that haven't been just thrown out of the window um everything's still there but it's just a matter of actually the timing of things is all kind of related to well if this happens then i play this game if this happens i play that route
2: i mean you know when i said why is it important i i it's i suppose it's like nobody ever said why is it important to land on the moon mm. right
1: why is it important like some, to climb a mountain? Why is it important to do anything?
2: <laughs> you, you need you need people who become obsessed about achieving something. Yeah. And I, I, I strongly feel with you that, that if you want to call it an obsession, the obsession with, with the learning obsession with Japanese
1: with learning Japanese is,
2: is, is there. It's not just about that though. I think I think you are going through a process of deconstructing a whole bunch of stuff. Because then when you get there, yeah. you're going to have this revelation. You're going to go, I can change the yeah, world. I can change the But world. you have to you, you, – you know, it's Steve Jobs going to a calligraphy class.
1: Yeah. That's it. That makes, That's no, sense. That, that makes yeah. no
2: sense on a trajectory of building yeah. a tech company – but
1: when you look at it, it's, it's a the really obvious personal, thing that to have. the obvious yes, thing yeah, in yeah. hindsight. And that's the yes. that's the irony of myself imagining my TED talk of how I left yeah. Japan, went to England to become a master. You know, it's the it's the mastery level um, that yeah. I'm after. And I, I'm I'm sort of arrived in Japan functional. I'm pretty conversational. OK, but to actually achieve the heady height of mastery at a near native level or to be as good as I could, could actually become if everything, the environment is right, if my motivation is still high, because there's nothing to say that I, I go to the UK and after six months I'm finding this all bloody hard of why am I being so hard on myself? Do I really want this? Do I really want this? And I could end up going, you know what? What's the fucking point? I don't live in Japan, so what's the bloody point in becoming this good? There's the danger of that. But I think the thing is, is it's become like, as you're saying, when I have been Getting distinction grades at my education philosophy uh, psychology course. Yeah. When I've passed these other certificates, I've reminded myself that if I actually do something, I can achieve it. Whereas for years now, I've been plugging away with Japanese, and I've been occasionally I pass a kanji test or stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, it's like. Basically, I'm not achieving what I want to be achieving, yeah? And I'm striving to be achieving great things, and I'm not achieving these great things. So if I continue to live in Japan, is it just because the alternative is scary and the alternative is a risk? And and am I just wanting to avoid change? Is that really what this is? Because if I'm living this life of basically maintaining an existence but not really living to the full potential of what I could be doing with my life on this finite journey, yeah. even Mm -hmm. though with my biohacking, I'm extending that journey. I still still have this finality to what we do with our lives is important that we shouldn't just drift along going mustn't grumble it could be worse let's not take any risks let's just you know be careful here but 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 that's
2: the thing isn't it it becomes the stone in the shoe yeah yeah you need the stone in the shoe that keeps It's slightly irritating, irritating you just you. you on
1: and, and, the, and the stone in my shoe is i know i could be doing better and i, I understand how i could do it better yeah mm. it's a little bit frustrating to not be doing that but here's the other thing if i continue to plod along yeah i may end up reaching retirement and when i retire <laughs> then I've now got the opportunity to achieve my goal. So it doesn't mean that my goal could never be fully realised. It might just mean that I have to spend 10 more years not doing it, yeah, yeah, for the sake of doing it the very safe way, without taking the risk. Or <laughs> I could be the risk taker, and perhaps that's part of my personality. I like the thrill of taking the risk. And that's something that's totally against someone like my father. He's like, no, oh, don't take any risk. Don't, don't, don't take a risk. Because my father so taken risks yeah. that haven't worked out. And my father's the first person is going, see, I told you so. I told you that wasn't a good idea now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Dad, you're right. That was a stupid it, thing funny, to do.
2: It's funny you say that, because I think like throughout my I never grew up with my my father but um throughout throughout my teenage years particularly he used to constantly say like you know where, where are you in the ranking of the class let's say I was I was I was never you know I was never top in the top 10 <laughs> of my class I was always in the little bottom and um, it would be then I went to I finished school and i didn't want to go to university so i went to work for an insurance company and he was always asking me like where are you in terms of this you know are you in the top 10 and it was this this constant thing and then he was always like play it safe you got a good job there it wasn't it was a fucking entry-level bullshit job uh fucking gc you know after you do gcse's or whatever you know (laughs) the the local industry that just sucks you up from school
0: yeah
2: and uh when i went to university to study kind of like film and television he was like you shouldn't do that people like you don't do that right and it angered me so much like why and and i think like throughout my early kind of career he was constantly like oh you should just give up on this
1: i don't like that and at all um
2: no and and and, it, and the good thing is is he didn't have that bigger impact on my life so i didn't kind of take it on board yeah And it always made me kind of go why not why can't i do it
0: yeah
2: what what's so what's so terrible
0: yeah
2: and and i used to i used to look at him and kind of go every decision you've made Mm. has made you unhappy Uh, you got divorced at a very early age you 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 i mean he he remarried and pretty much had affairs the entire time he was remarried and is still, mar- you know, and 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 all, all of this kind of stuff, I said, like, but playing, you know, and it, it, I, I can remember, I, I say this to my students now, you know, like, uh, I said, like, the careers counselor at school will tell you what to do with your life and how to do it. And I'm like, why would you ever listen to a careers, like, whoever tried to be a careers counselor at school? Yeah. And, and it's like, I said, <laughs> And listening to that person, and in I was prevaricating. Listening to my dad would be like listening to the toothless bloke in the pub right. about relationships.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, uh, I, you know, what you need to do is, oh, oh, like, yeah. are you married? No.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I like that. Like, like, like
2: it, 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 It's, it's kind of like, like. Why would you ever listen to a careers counselor? And Why would you ever listen to somebody giving you life advice who is deeply fucking
1: unhappy? It's like <laughs> lost my train you Now I had something brilliant in my head. I now got the vision <laughs> of the bloke in the pub advising sort of love advice. Like you're absolutely right. There's um uh yeah I'm thinking trying to sort of like bring this thought back because it was quite a good one. But it was like uh, um. I think with my father, his, his life's been pretty good. Um, you know um, He's had some adventures, and you know, um, uh, yeah, he inspires me. Um, and uh, uh, But yet, yeah, there's a certain amount of this idea that life is suffering, that that's what we're all about. We're about suffering. But what I'm trying to say to my father, in fact, what I try and say to everybody is, yes, life is suffering. However, we get to choose how we suffer. So, damn it, yeah. if I'm going to be suffering this like feeling that I need to be getting somewhere with my Japanese, feeling that I want to take a risk, but I'm too pussy to actually take the risk. (laughs) And, and if I get my visa, then it's going to be like, right, I stay in Japan then and I do this, but maybe it's going to gnaw at me. (laughs) Um, Although, although there's other adventures I want to take, like writing dandy punk and write and. And this, it could be that I write dandy punk open ended with like this is that there's this adventure that needs to happen to really make it like a brilliant novel than an okay novel, you know?
2: No, no, and that that can be the. I mean, it, it it's something I've been thinking a lot of. Like the the, the two prongs of kind of what you're saying is, is one, I've got this thing constantly regurgitating in me about wanting to make the process of of education stoke learning more successful for the people in not for, for the students not 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 for the I, I I think for me the organization of education goes against the needs of the of the student yeah. and'm and I'm, I'm, I'm it's something that i'm constantly kind of zeroing in on and uh thinking about and maybe there's a a small thing that i do that that is good in that realm yeah and i think the 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 other thing was in the same way as you were saying about write what you know i think for like 20 years no 30 years i've been carrying this kind of idea of a story in my head because something bothered me so much as a, as a, as a teenager. And it it was a, a case uh, where I grew up of a 14 year old who was, who was murdered on kind of Christmas Eve. And everyone in the town knows who did it, Mm. (laughs) but because they don't want to kind of deal with that. It, they cover it up yeah. and and it casts it casts a shadow f- for years mm. and and i kind of keep coming back to it and, and 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 now i'm actually sort of sitting down and writing a kind of fictitious element wow. to that because i just it just fucking annoys me about the injustice and mm. the the it, and it is it's all about human nature of of not dealing with things and yeah. and, and and so forth and and it kind of comes back to several of the things that we're talking about. It's just like, just lean into the vulnerability, lean into fear, lean into, because being afraid and and being rigid and putting up barriers just causes more harm. Basically,
1: um, there's this point where you get to your 50s um, where um, you're really kind of like got it all figured out well, no one ever really has it figured out, but when you reach your 50s, um, you sort of like, you're now at a stage where you can become fully realized. Um, yeah. And I think that's where I'm at. Is like, do so a lot of people, yeah, they never get there, because you know, it's like, oh, my job's really important, and oh, this is really important, and and stuff, and basically life experiences that I've had um, makes me feel like, well, my my story isn't over by a long shot. Um, there's still a lot yeah. for me to learn. There's still a lot of things to do. Um, but um, I feel like I'm some way up the mountain that a lot of people do you- don't actually haven't actually got to this stage in life yet. Um,
2: i can remember reading at like 14 15 that the biggest regret of most human beings like on their deathbed is i wish i'd worked less and lived more
1: yeah
2: yeah and that always stuck with me and i I, th- I think like what you're saying there is like as i'm i'm approaching 50 i'm a few years off 50 and, yeah. and I kind of feel like, do you know what if I die tomorrow, I'm quite I'm quite happy with what how I've lived my life. Yeah. And maybe that's part of what self-actualization is, is not being afraid. And kind of slightly just leaning into that living and 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 being comfortable with who you are and, and how you got there. One of the problems I always had with Maslow. Mm in terms of the 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 pyramid to self-actualization is is there was a certain element to it that ultimately was very narcissistic um and and i'll find i'll find it and share with you there's a friend of mine who who does a lot of work in ux uh for people with disabilities uh did a really good dissection of Maslow, and he ca- he called it uh, Maslow's uh, sinkhole to narcissism. That was it. Okay, and and it, it was an in, it was an interesting perspective that sometimes the way Maslow did this pyramid to self actualization kind of gradually meant you didn't. It was all about you rather than what your effect on society and da, da da which I don't think is necessarily what Maslow was trying to say, but it gets bastardized and, and so forth. And, and then marketing people got involved with it. And I, I mean, I saw Maslow's pyramid in every marketing yeah. fucking meeting I ever went to. So, so it okay. put me off, <laughs> it put me off.
1: That's actually, I mean, it's basically this section um, does have uh, an argument against Maslow's hierarchy of needs and okay, um, cool. it's kind of related to the same thing. So you're absolutely on the right thing. Um, I haven't found um, the section that I was trying to remember here. Um, but like I'll, I'll, I'll look that up and next time we talk, I'll come back to it. it well, okay, that'd be, that'd be a good one to go into because I'm very... Uh, it's going to require into... a lot longer to talk about as well. I've got a feeling yeah. that it's a really, really deep subject. But anyway... I'm really interested in, like, DC and
2: Ryan's determination and motivation with student dynamics yes. and stuff, so that
1: would be a really good, good one to talk about. it kind of reminded me of where I'm at um, in life and also my Japanese learning journey as well, like, while I was doing mm-hmm. it. So it's kind of all related to, to this thing. The other thing I've been doing is reading my book on um, SART. oh yeah and this kind of like as we were saying uh, a while ago um, we talked about um, existence didn't we and and, uh, yes Sartre's kind of main mantra is um, existence precedes essence yeah Yeah. have you heard that before Um,
2: no actually I'm not not so familiar with his work so
1: okay so, I think you'd like that. <laughs> He's a bit like me. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, knowing I'm so popular. Um, but, but basically, I I've started reading about him and I'm finding so many similarities in the type of person he was to the right. kind of person that I know I am myself. Um, and his kind of, like, uh, anti authoritarianism, um, sounds yeah. just like me and just like you. <laughs> yeah. and I'm thinking, God, he would, would have been the third member <laughs> of the club or the fourth <laughs> member if you include a certain magical girl. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> um, so we need to get her
2: on the podcast actually. I've told her that already,
1: yeah, yeah, we should, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I sent her something funny, like, and she actually uh, referred to you, because, <laughs> what was it? Right, okay, A little quick aside before I come back to Sartre then, because right, it's yeah. quite funny, it's quite amusing. Um, so remember Trump had his um, uh, person, woman, man, camera, two yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite hard. That it's quite hard. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, he's getting a little bit confused about. No, this is actually a test to see whether or not uh, you, you know it doesn't it doesn't assess whether you're a genius or not, Mr. Trump. It's assessing whether or not you've actually got like uh, dementia, dementia yeah, yeah. or Alzheimer's disease or some kind of uh, um,
2: syphilitic.
1: Thing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cognitive issue to deal with. It's not actually assessing yeah. your intelligence. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's not really a hard question, um, to be no. fair. Um, yeah. And uh <laughs> like the very fact that you're actually thinking it is says a lot about you. Um, yeah. you know, scored an own goal there, I think. But anyway, like, what amused me was when I started thinking, because, you know, my brain often drifts in and out of Japanese. Like, when I think about these words, person, shto, what was it, person, woman?
2: Person, woman, camera.
1: No, no, it's person, woman, man, camera, TV. That's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So person. Shito, I'm I'm motioning the kanji character or the uh, Chinese um Hanza character. Yeah, basically sto in Japanese, Ona, um, woman. Uh, yeah. um, which is otoko man. And then you've got yeah. uh, katakana for, ter- uh, for, oh my God, am I getting dementia? Uh, what was it? Camera TV. So you've got camera therapy in Japanese, okay? Yeah. Now, I know Magical Girl has uh, like, done a little bit of Japanese study. Right. She was telling me. Okay, so I know she would know the katakana. But also because Magical Girl was in China for about five years and she knows quite a lot of Chinese characters herself. Like right. the, the character the Chinese character for ma for person, woman, man are very, very easy. They're sort of like one of the first twenty or thirty characters you're gonna learn. Okay. <laughs> so basically when when Trump did his famous uh, um person, woman, man, camera TV thing I like put a little thing together for like sharing on social media like Instagram and stuff with these Chinese characters followed by the two katakana words because for modern uh, terms like camera or television there's no Chinese character for this because like basically this is all going back Thousands of years, um, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And so modern things like computer would be computer, and it gets written out <laughs> in this modern katakana script. And the same with camera yeah. and television, uh, television. Um, I like I like things like that in Japanese. Actually, like um, like push push chair is baby car <laughs> 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 for a car for babies. <laughs> Yeah. And it's written Ba-bi-car Stretched out cool. ba baby cool. Basically, the funny thing was, was I sent Magical Girl this uh, post because I know she's kind of like really, really busy with her studies at the moment but I thought yeah. this will make her laugh because she'll instantly see <laughs> these characters and know exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. She'll appreciate this little joke um, yeah, and I and I sent this thing to her, and the next day when I woke up, it was just like this email going. I, 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 I understand these characters, but why are you sending me this? <laughs> so I says, I replied with just a link to this sort of like songified version of a <laughs> <of> person, <laughs> woman, man, camera, TV, and then yesterday yesterday she replied to that going, ah well now I get it but I uh, I haven't been following what that cockwumble to use a phrase John would use (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been following that cockwumble for ages (laughs) and I'm like, ah damn it magical girl, you're better than me because I want to Ignore the cock but I can't. He's come back, and I've been like the little oh. What's that cock done now? <laughs> it's like it's like oh, that's the distraction.
2: Uh, Was he practicing for his test where he's sort of like he's in the mirror, and then he's sort of like like he's looking down, and he's going, person, man, woman camera tv and then he looks up and goes
1: cunt <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, you, you wouldn't have got a good score there john because you got it in the wrong order it's person oh, woman, did I... <laughs> man camera tv not person man, man. so I... you wouldn't have scored the is trump so he would have beat you
2: <laughs> so instantly that that would have uh... That was my implicit bias, obviously, putting a man before
1: wood. Oh, John. Oh, dear. So getting back to Sartre. Um, yes. His, his thing, yeah. So when, we, when he said that um, what was it, existence precedes essence. Um, yeah. When his explanation of this really goes back to something like a penknife, or even, you know, you could say just a knife yeah let's take a penknife. What is a penknife? Can you define what a penknife is? What's its essence? okay you can yeah. you can define these objects by their essence is what he's saying that there are some things mm. in the world that you say it's this, this is its essence, it's basically. A piece of um, metal or hard material could be like a carbon fiber Um, yeah okay Um, with a blade yeah and for being a pen knife it's essentially a knife that can be retracted into its handle yeah yes and you could go on and on and on but basically you're describing its essence You can do Mm. that for most objects. Well, you can do that for every single object, is what he's saying. But you can't do that for a person. Okay? Mm. What is a person? (laughs) You could say, well, they live and they breathe air in and out and they do this. And you can keep describing, but you'll never actually be able to describe the essence of what a person is. Yeah? Because before, because what he's saying is first we are born, yeah, and there is no God. Now, I, I, I'm still kind of like debating that um, myself because um, I believe there is, but I can't actually say there is or there isn't, yeah, okay. And then we get into matters of faith um, but yes um, what what thoughts on about is uh, that um, see in in the past people uh, were born and they said well there's a I have a purpose in my life I'm born with this purpose this mission that I must do and you're asking me well Kevin why why is it important to you to learn Japanese? Okay. Was I born with learning Japanese to be in me somewhere waiting to be discovered? Or, as Sartre's pointing out, was I born and I therefore now exist and that I am what I make of my life as I live it out? And that As I live my life, I'm circumambulating around what I believe is the important things for me to do with my existence. Hence his idea that existence precedes um, essence. Whereas before, people said, yes, I was born thanks to the grace of God, and God wants me to do this, and this is what I shall do with my life, to follow what I should be because it's in my essence to be this person. Yeah, but it,
2: and, and and it's interesting because so many constructs of society then frame people as a def, uh, their life is defined by where they were born or, yeah. or, or, or the social circumstances they were born or even the color of their skin. Which and and
1: and he was born to be a banker. he is... was born to be well, a think, piano think... player.
2: <laughs> yeah i i didn't realize uh i'm starting to read into i didn't know that the notion of racial divide was created by by the spanish inquisition
0: no no
2: um the up, the up, up until that point people didn't perceive race no no and and again it cut all of these constructs that we put on which I suppose aligns to determination and and, and you're right and, and, and education is a huge part of the problem there <laughs> huge part of the problem being raised working class have been told like you need to do a a, a certain kind of job because that's where you, that's your, your where you're from nobody ever nobody ever said to me like oh you could be a lawyer or you could be this you know yeah. people like you don't do that okay. and it's really interesting because actually as you say, we're born, but all these other
1: factors are what make us, yeah. not
2: not these predetermined ideas. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so I'm looking at Sartre and thinking, he's kind of like uh, going to be actually part of the ingredients of a dandy punk, I think. Yeah, it's like... No, for sure, yeah, yeah. He's uh, He's actually like going to actually challenge these pre-existing paradigms of what we actually um, must uh, follow in this route that's predetermined or, yeah, like uh, Kantian like determinism and am I just am I just kind of like bumbling along because Japan's really comfortable and have I forgotten how much I dislike England you know there's a certain amount of uh, like Probably rose-colored spectacle wearing when I look at England, like probably because you know it's like I wanted to visit my parents, I couldn't because of the pandemic, and then it's like yeah. you know, am I just yearning to actually go and see my parents? And um, I,
2: I mean, I, I think that 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 will always be a big part of it, and I think. We do, you know. I I find myself doing it when 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 something doesn't go to plan here. um, Then obviously, um then you start romantic. Well, it's not like this in England. Yeah, of course, yeah, it is. It's, very, it's ten times worse. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's but but your head goes because you only remember yeah. the good
1: stuff. And there's also there's that kind of like was it Uncle Arthur? Or- whatever doing yeah. a pandemic i will in Japan, and and everybody, everybody was really good to each other in japan people cared about each other and i came back to england oh why are people so rude why are people in such a hurry and why are people so impatient and intolerant with each other although i've perhaps forgotten that um So, in a way, there is that kind of like, well, no, I don't really want to go back to England. I want to stay in Japan. (laughs) Japan's a great place. Um, And maybe the best thing for me is to actually stick it out in Japan, um, you know, and then do my Japanese immersion, like, at the right time. But... At the exactly, right time but will be determined by something else instead of myself. That's all. I, th-
2: I think, given both yours and mine kind of anti-authoritarian stance, it's it's a bit like the Groucho Marx thing, isn't it? I don't want to belong to a club that will have me as a member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Every now and then, you're like, no. No, 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 this is too cozy, or this is, or whatever. Or...
1: Yeah, right, this is too bloody cozy. What am I doing? I need to shake this up because you know, like, really, what am I doing with my life? I'm just, I'm just going along, and I'm, I'm teaching English, and I'm teaching English in a way that's really entertaining. Oh, one last thing, I, I bought an invisible dog. Oh yes, the invisible. dog. <laughs> Please
2: explain the invisible dog because I've been meaning to ask you about that. I suppose we should wrap up with the invisible dog.
1: So, the invisible dog story. This is to do with teaching English. So I looked on the internet and I found on Amazon I can like, buy this uh, invisible dog on a leash thing with a wire. Um, like, you mm. can basically like, kind of fix but, it yeah, yeah, in yeah. any position. Right? But then when I was looking for it, I saw this magician. And this magician, basically, is is uh, standing by this, like, bench. And, like, as people walk past, he's like, oh, excuse me. Um, and sort of, like, playing around with this, going, oh, 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 oh he's very excited. <laughs> and kind of, like, wobbling like this. <laughs> oh, he's, he's really happy. Oh, he likes you. Right, OK. Um, so, so, sorry. Sorry. Um, could you take a picture of me with my dog? And they'll, like, put this up on the park bench. And the person's, like, thinking, oh, my God, I've got this crazy idiot. He's no dog. Or or, or whatever. But, like, they'll go along with him and they'll take a picture. Yeah. And then they will say, ah, nice one. Oh, check the thumbnail. And then they tap the thumbnail and up comes a picture with the actual dog in the harness. Right. Yeah. And the yeah. trick is, it's basically there's an app you can download for your smartphone or for your iPad, where basically you you take the picture before, yeah, yeah. like so he's actually got a real dog, and he'll put the real dog yeah. in the harness, yeah, and he'll position him there and, ha- and have the photo taken, and then basically when they take a photo, it'll switch the photo in. Thing so that when they check the okay. thumbnail, yeah. they're actually looking at the photo with the real dog in the harness and I yeah. thought what I need to do then is buy a toy Put <laughs> 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 The toy pug in the harness yeah yeah then it, each day you know because I'm basically wearing like a white shirt and stuff yeah and a face shield and Stuff like that. I'll, yeah, look yeah, the yeah. Same. I'll look the same, basically. I take this photo, yeah, like on the chair in my booth at work, <laughs> yeah, with the dog in it, then put the toy dog yeah. in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the students like put a warm up, yeah, because like I can use this and create a whole load of warm up role plays, like, oh, Have you met Mr. Giggles? (laughs) It's like, Mr. Giggles? Who's Mr. Giggles? Mr. Giggles, my dog, look, he's over here. (laughs) Oh, he likes you. Do you like dogs?
0: Oh,
1: what's your favourite kind of dog? Oh, well, what do they look like? Ah, Mr. Giggles isn't that. He's a pug. Do you know pugs? And then showed him a picture on the computer of a pug. And then we can describe it and... Like yeah, is it a big nice dog one. or a small dog? And like with kids, it's like he's cute. And it's like, right, okay, you're using yeah. like adjectives to describe the dog. And then and then I get to, hey, can you take a picture of me with my dog? And like just put it on the chair or put it on the desk or something like this. Yeah. And then like the kid takes a picture of me <laughs> with the dog. <laughs> Like, going, oh, this teacher's silly. And then I go, oh, check the thumbnail. Now I'm giving instructions, and they're listening in English. And, like, press the button, press the button. Can you tap it? Can you tap it? Because they might know press, but they won't know tap, or they won't know swipe. Yeah. So I try and teach all these words, because they're useful words for interacting in society. Yeah? Yeah? Like, you know, swipe your card. What swipe? If you don't know it. Yeah. Um, and so, so I've I'm teaching these interaction words as like a 101, and I think students that uh, adult students recognize the fact that this is really useful language that other people don't think about. Mm. I think about it all the time. Um, mm. so teaching the kids like this, they're gonna like they're gonna have a hoot, they're gonna have a laugh at this mm. bloody magic. I've been doing stuff with magnets as well, I'll tell you about it another time, but like. So this, this idea of doing this trick with the dog, yeah, kind of amused me. And I thought, right, OK, so at some point in the next few weeks, I'll buy a toy pug and, a, and, and buy the app um, yeah. no, and, nice one. and practice it. Because I think it will be a kind of role play where the kid leaves and probably out of everything they've done that day, the one thing when the parent says, so how was your lesson? And the kid goes, it was bloody funny. It was hilarious. (laughs) I took a picture of the teacher with his toy dog. He's got a toy dog. (laughs) But it was an invisible dog. Oh, whatever. They'll probably be speaking Japanese, won't they, with their parents? Like, yeah, it's an invisible dog. He's got an invisible dog. (laughs) Cool. no. But I, I, but the, but it's
2: it, it comes back to that point we we said numerous times before. You know, it's putting the putting the delight uh, delight or, or fun it, into
1: education. It's, uh, it's funny how people back into the experience or whatever. That that, that to, me, to me is is like when I think of
2: the stuff I learned from kind of
1: like John kids' Cole education johnny Paul and stuff and it's like, Morris, maybe the yeah why did things he, yeah when you're a well, kid. Why,
2: why, did, why you hear it from teachers all the time of like you know stop messing about stop <laughs> stop laughing stop playing it's it's like, a, like, why my why colleague
1: should... was like hey can you keep it down or whatever and like yeah all right then it's kind of like john notes versus peter purvis on blue peter where yeah. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Again, I certainly feel that I'm much more of a John Noakes than a Peter Purvis playing the safe train set thing. And don't, and, don't you do know, me I mean, and, and
2: <laughs> each to their own. Yeah. And I think those people that want uber seriousness, there's more than enough of those educators to
1: go around. I know, <laughs> <are. laughs> <So. laughs> you know. I, I, I don't think uh I would enjoy teaching if it was teaching the Peter Purvis kind of right. yeah. so uh don't touch that <laughs> let me show you <laughs> um, yeah. whereas on the I, I play the idiot who doesn't know something's wrong and get the kid to actually be t- trying to tell me something but he's yeah. over there um, you know the pantomime trick of. Oh, no, he isn't. No, he's behind yeah. you. Well, all right, I'm teaching prepositions, but it's <laughs> like, yeah, but that, but the point. And we're, Like with the duck, the duck is under the desk. Yeah. And it's like, where's he gone? Yeah. And the kid's like, he's, and they'll, they'll go there and they go, oh, no, he isn't. Where is he? <laughs> they can't reach because they're not high, high enough <laughs> like, Yeah. where is he and, until they go he's on your head then the whole time I'm going he's not over there is he under the keyboard no he's not there is he on the shelf no nah. I don't know where he is <laughs> and, then, and then by this this stage they're just dying he's on your head and like, oh oh right. well why didn't you tell me
0: <laughs>
1: there's a bit of showmanship with it as well that i think is lacking sometimes with people it's like ah oh, just you know the stagecraft in teaching that I think is really it, really important. I, I,
2: I, I, th- I think the key thing about teaching is you're like a, you're you're a conductor,
1: mm.
2: you know, and 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 you have to have flourishes, and you have to have you. Do you know
1: what I mean you? You're no. actually, no. you know, <laughs> you know, actually now well, let's calm it down. Let's get the tempo back down again mm. because this is getting out of control. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or you're a matador you know you, you can't control the bull no but
2: you can direct the
1: bull you can, you, can, you can do a lot though you can set up the environment and you can actually yeah. plan things in advance that doesn't mean they'll always work the way you had them in mind but being able to think on your feet and react with comic timing yeah. is, is no, another sure. thing that just happens a lot to me all right Ah, well, it didn't work out the way I wanted, but I actually learned something myself of what I'm going to do next time because that was bloody funny.
2: (laughs) Well, no, but that, I mean, I can remember Ken Robinson saying, you know, you cannot construct learning. It's more like an agricultural metaphor. You can only provide the environment and and the nurturing. You can't actually force it to happen. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's always stuck with me, that kind of like you can just create the environment and these factors to help. You can't force learning to happen. And that's the problem under these really rigid and structured ways of, of, of learning, that it, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Which seems a good place to stop. I think so, yeah. so, we, so, so we, we 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 should, next time go into some of that motivation stuff that we, 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 we dabbled our feet in there <laughs> oh, right. took a little paddle
1: on <laughs> that yeah I'll, I'll um, actually have a look at the thing I was trying to recall but couldn't because um, yeah it's really interesting and it, it, for a couple of days I was thinking about it thinking oh yeah I think I'm there where that was described really well And I think I'm kind of there. Um, Yeah. All right, then.
2: Well, that was lovely to catch up with you. And I know it's been a bit longer this time since we've had this longer gap between because we've been traveling and doing stuff. But uh, hopefully we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, mate. Lovely speaking to you. Bye bye. Take care. Bye.